You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field. And bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It is time for Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Thanks for being with us. We appreciate you guys always watching. If you're watching us on YouTube or if you're listening to us on the podcast, love you. Thanks for subscribing. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You don't subscribe. Make sure you do. Wherever you get your podcast, you can find Silver and Black today. Uh, go ahead and subscribe to it and put on that auto download. That helps us a lot. And also it helps you because every time we have a new show, guess what happens? It comes right to you, so we appreciate that. Uh, we are back talking nothing but a Las Vegas Raiders football. As always, I appreciate you being with us. Uh, I am Scott Branson, your host. My co-host is Mr. Mo Moten. He is the national NFL writer for Bleacher Report. Also, the Raiders columnist up on SportsNot.com. And it's over, Mo. 2022 is done I'm not even usually on these Tuesday shows, buddy. We talk about last week's game, right? We kind of do a recap. This one wasn't even worth talking about, really. We'll talk a little bit maybe about Jared Stidham and and how he came back down to earth a little bit. But other than that, Mo, a very forgettable performance against a team that the Raiders have to look at as a measuring stick. And if that measuring stick is five feet tall, the Raiders are at about a half a foot. Okay. The Chiefs just had their way again with the Raiders, and I think it shows overall, buddy, the Raiders, while they might be close to being competitive in certain areas, uh, to be a full contender in the AFC, to compete with the Chiefs, with the Bills, with the Bengals, they need they got a long way to go. Two things I want to point out about that game, that stinker of a game. <laughs> Number one, there was a point, there was an actual point where the Raiders had 12 men on the field, no one noticed. <laughs> Still couldn't stop the Chiefs in week eighteen. I, I don't know if you saw the Baldy breakdown on Twitter, but they yes. actually had twelve men on the field. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't matter. No. The other thing is, the Chiefs started playing Ringer on a Rosie while whipping <laughs> oh, the Raiders' butts. Yes, and I know a lot of people don't want to talk about it. It's not a big deal. Look, if you're a competitor, if you played sports before, 
you don't want someone mocking you while they're whipping your butt. And that's what the Chiefs did. And for I know Vic Tafer asked Josh McDaniels, was that a big deal? And Josh McDaniels is going to give the sanitized, politically correct answer. Those players took note of that. Josh McDaniels is not going to. They're not. Josh McDaniels is not going to say that at the microphone. But those players obviously didn't appreciate that. That you're mocking them as you're as you're whipping them out on their field. By the way, mm-hmm. this so which brings me to a third thing. There was a report that surfaced that Mark Davis is upset about opposing fans taking over Allegiant Stadium. And to yeah. that, I say, put a put a product on the field, and maybe that won't happen <laughs> so much. Oh, I agree with that. And there was a lot of uh, uproar from fans over a fan yeah. getting kicked out for a sign. And while I disagree with that 100%, the rules of your tickets say they can do that to you, believe it or not. I know it does. I'm not, again, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that's the way it is. And, and you're right, though, Mo. That's the thing, too, is you look at the ring around the rosy play. That, And no matter what Josh McDaniels says, or as someone else called it, uh, our good friend, um, uh, Fabian up in the Bay Area called it the chief circle jerk. Um, and and so, okay, whatever you want to call it, guess what? They do it because they can and you can't do anything about it. I equated it to the, 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 the high school or excuse me, the playground bully. Playground bully is going to push you, push you, push you. And guess what? Unless you hit him in the mouth, he's going to keep pushing you. And guess what? They keep pushing the Raiders and the Raiders don't hit anybody in the mouth. And so you're right. Mark Davis ultimately owns that. You don't want opposing fans in your stadium. Guess what? Win ball games. Build a better product. Build a better team. Reward the loyalty of Raider Nation and get it out there. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. But Mo, when we look at 2022 overall, there was some good things, uh, and we'll get to those in a second. But when you look at the season overall, of course, the word is disappointing, but is that is that a big enough word to describe what the ex- versus expectations we had them inappropriately or excuse me inaccurately fans had them way inaccurate they, a lot of people thought this team was going to go deep in the playoffs we thought maybe hey at least they should make the playoffs even if they inch in all of us were completely wrong when you look at 2022 in the course of all things that is Raider Nation how disappointing is it what is the right word to describe how this season ended up versus what the expectations were. Disastrous. <laughs> because I say that because, first of all, don't be so Josh, gentle. <laughs> Josh McDaniels comes in and he's very adamant that Carr is a starter. And we we talked about mm. how he wanted Carr before he got to Las Vegas. And then we read a report saying that he was out on Carr within weeks. Yeah. And, then, and then the Raiders go two and seven. Who expected that? Uh, then Carr fizzles out. He doesn't get better as the season goes on. He gets worse. <laughs> and <laughs> and then five blown leads, five second half, five double digit second half blown leads. Five. Not not just blowing a lead into a better team. The Chiefs come back and beat you. It happens to other squads. The 49ers, it happens to other squads because those are elite football teams right now. But you're up on the Jaguars by by three possessions, you lose. I know the Jaguars are in the playoffs, but let's be honest, they're an upstart team. They're not a juggernaut yet. The Cardinals game, you have the biggest blown lead in your franchise history, losing a 20-point lead to a bad Cardinals team, who, by the way, fired their head coach and GM on Monday. Yep. You don't cross the 50-yard line against the Saints. I know the Saints 
have a top 10 defense statistically right now, but at the time they played the Raiders, they weren't playing that well. And there was no Mar- Marshawn Lattimore. I mean, what, I mean, what, how else could you describe a season like that where you are the now NFL leader in blown leads in the second half, double digit blown leads in the second half. You have a head coach who's way under 500 now and his overall record. You don't know who your quarterback is going into 2023. You need a, you need a whole defensive overhaul. Like, there's no other way to describe this season than disastrous compared to what the expectations were coming into it. Right. And not only that, you add in that the biggest hole you had on the offense last year, outside of addressing it with Devontae Adams, a wide receiver, was your offensive line, and you did absolutely nothing other than draft one rookie who played okay and is going to end up being the center next year. Um, yep. you, you, have, you, you didn't address the offensive line issue. And then you look at the free agent signings. I mean, Mo, let's let's be let's be real here. You look at the 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 free agent signings that they made. You could argue some were good or adequate, but overall, all of them pretty much disappointed. Chandler Jones came along, yes, towards towards the second half before getting hurt, but overall, Bilal Nichols, okay player, but not for what they're paying him. Deron Harmon did well in spots, but again, he was a stopgap at some of those places. So I agree with your disastrous point of view as well. Not only that, but the, yeah, go, go, go. And, and, and to add on to the disastrous point of view, I, I, there's more, by the way. You lose to Baker Mayfield, <laughs> who didn't know all his teammates. Oh, and then the Jeff and, Saturday. On, on a Thursday night, and then you give Jeff Saturday his only win as only. the interim head coach. Correct. He lost every game after the Raiders. The Raiders gave him his only W. This right. is the guy who came from the ESPN booth, commentator, analyst, beats the Raiders, what, 25 to 20, and goes on to lose every following game, including the last game to the Houston Texans, who were in in, a, in line to get the number one overall pick. They gave Jeff Saturday his only head coaching win. That was probably going to yeah. be his first and his last because they're not hiring him for that full-time gig. Uh, no, they're not. And and that's what's incredible about this too was was all the excitement coming into the year around that you like you said that was created and and you look back now I watched some of those preseason there was an interview with uh, with the Raiders and and Dave Ziegler and he talked about this and they asked him well is you know is the, is the goal of the playoffs? I said, well yeah, the goal is always the playoffs and 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 the way he sounded I didn't listen to it closely enough at the time, but he was kind of hedging. So I think Dave Ziegler had an idea. Uh, when Josh McDaniels, though, really was selling this team as a team he believed was going to go back to the playoffs. Dave Ziegler, not so much. But but that, I think, set people off a little bit, and people were very excited about where this team was going because of the offense. You and I expected Derek Carr, the former quarterback, to have a big year. Um, but even if they did have a bigger year on offense, I'm not sure. Maybe, just maybe, they sneak into the playoffs with some of the teams we saw make it into the playoffs. But again, overall, the state of this franchise, while financially it's good, it it it's now in a position, Mo, where Dave Ziegler not only has to go out and get better talent, he's got to get a lot of it. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. 
Yes, and I was on a Bleacher Report live show, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and a lot of people were suggesting the Raiders need to trade for Lamar Jackson, trade for Aaron Rodgers, trade for Kyler Murray now that he doesn't have a head coach GM. The only reason I push, push back on that is because of what you just said, right? Mm-hmm. The Raiders have so many holes to fill. If you trade for a quarterback, guess what? Not only are you going to have to pay that quarterback sal- salary, but you're going to have to give up draft capital to get him. So nice. that restricts the amount of capital that you have to fill the holes on every level of your defense and fix your offensive line, which is why I suggest signing Tom Brady, because at least with Tom Brady, you don't have to give up draft capital to get him. You know, yeah. so the part of the part of the good part about hopefully Derek Carr weighs his no trade clause and gets moved is that you can recoup more draft capital so that you can fill more holes. And you do that with cheap guys on rookie or cheap deals, not yes. with big bloated salaries, including for a quarterback. Yes. And I know when we talk about that, a lot of people say, well, you're saying bring in Tom Brady. That's not a cheap rookie contract. It's like, yes, but Tom Brady's in a different situation. Tom Brady will take money or le- less money or deferred money. Okay. Mm-hmm to play with the right team that he wants to play with. So you don't, you're not going to spend $39 million like you were going to do with Derek Carr. Really you quick, might Scott. Spend, you might spend 15 or 16. Right. R- really quick, Scott. Tom Brady's cap hit this year with the Tampa Buccaneers was 11.8 million. Exactly. That's how much he cost against and, the cap. And Josh Allen's in Buffalo's 14. Now it goes up to 27 next year and 29 the following year before going back down to 12. So Mm -hmm. the next two years, so the bills, and again, this is where they structure the contract. And we'll do a whole show about this, by the way, as we look at the Raiders, as the, as we know what the salary cap goes up to, then we can have that conversation. But what people don't understand is these teams build the contracts with quarterbacks around, okay, we're going to build you up for three or four years. We're going to keep your contract low, your cap hit low so that we can make our run. And then we're going to take two years where you're going to be a larger percentage of the cap hit. And then we're going to take it back down so that we can do another run. It's all structured that way, Mo, so they can work around the cycles of building a team to try to go win a championship. Yeah. A lot of teams, what they do is just kick the can down a road, so to speak, restructure, right. move some right. money down the road so that you have more space to work in that current year. And you just keep kicking the can down the road because as far as we know, the salary crap is going to keep going up. I know the, the pandemic happened. It was a different situa- yeah. situation there. But as far as we know, unless there's another pandemic wave, salary cap is going to keep going up. So that's why teams are are willing to, again, kick the can down the road and restructure contracts. Yeah. Uh, before we go to the break, one more thing I want to touch on, too, because we're talking about the disastrous year that was for the Raiders. But there was some bright spots. And I think the biggest success of the season, yes, Devontae Adams had a, another 1,500-yard season, great season. You expected it out of one of the game's best receivers. But you got to talk about Josh Jacobs as the greatest success, right? He wins the, the, the rushing title in his, his, his non-option year, his option year. The Raiders refuse his option, which I still think was the right thing to do at the time. And now he's in a position where he can be a free agent or the Raiders try to sign him. I think they do try to sign him. But talk about the success of Josh Jacobs and what we saw, because not only did he perform really well, Mo, and I know this last game, last two games of the season, he got a little banged up. But this was his most complete season, obviously, uh, from a health perspective, too. He got stronger and he was more durable. Right. He didn't miss uh, you know, a few games here and there like he has in the previous years. So with that, he handled a monster workload. I believe he had mm-hmm. over three hundred well over three hundred carries. So that goes along with why he's a Russian title champion is because he was able to take on that huge workload and of course produce as he's always been. So what I will say about Josh Jacobs, I wanted to clear something up actually about 
the franchise tag. It was out that the franchise tag would cost $12 million. I believe that was the word, the figure out there. Mm-hmm. Looking over at a lot of reputable cat people like Joe Corey, who we've had on the show recently, yep. I believe last year. Yep. The franchise tag is only going to be $10 million. So yeah. the Raiders, had they exercised the, the five-year option on Josh Jacobs' contract, would have been $8 million. So really... They're paying $2 million more if they keep him on a franchise tag. Now, I hope that he gets a long-term deal because the running back shelf life is very short. Yeah. So I hope he gets multi, a multi-year deal. But if you're talking about franchise tag versus 50-year option, it's only a difference of $2 million. So I don't think the, the financial gap is as big as people think it is. No, and with the uncertainty, and I say uncertainty at quarterback because I truly believe the Raiders, whether it's in the first round or not, are going to draft a quarterback or look for a young quarterback to develop. Um, and and get a, a veteran bridge guy. If that's the case, you need you need the weapons you already have on offense to produce like they produced. So to me, that means you give Josh Jacob his five year deal, okay? Uh, and and I think by everything he said, and I could be reading this completely wrong, Mo, and you could tell me what you think, but by everything he said the last few weeks, including on Monday, uh, or excuse me, on Saturday after the game, is it sounds like he really wants to be a Raider. Okay, now that doesn't mean he's going to take a lot less money, but if they give him a fair deal, I can see him wanting to stay there, especially if they bring in a a really sharp young quarterback. If they were able to draft one of these young kids that's really exciting, plus bring in a Tom Brady or somebody like that, I think that'll help convince him to maybe take a deal where, yeah, he might get a few million dollars more somewhere else, uh, but this is going to be his big contract, his final contract, uh, and, and it certainly sounds like he wants to be there. I think it depends on the makeup of the team too. So yeah. let's say they're they go all in and it, it looks like they constructed a roster that is ready to compete right now. I think he'd be more willing to take less because he says, Okay, I'll take less if it means more winning. Mm-hmm. But let's say the Raiders draft a rookie quarterback and they, they pretty much are willing to go with a rookie quarterback or Stidham going into the following year. Different I can see Jacob saying you're gonna have to pay me more money to stick with that. It looks like <laughs> it looks like you guys are only gonna win five, six games. You're gonna have yeah. to, you know, pay up on that. So I, I want to see what the reaction is gonna be on that because, interestingly, the franchise tag window, the window to ta- add your uh, well, tag your play with a franchise tag, kind of coincides with the decision the Raiders have to make on Derek Carr. So it's like we're gonna find out a lot about what the Raiders' plan is in within the next month because. That quarterback move has to come. They have to make yeah. a decision on the franchise tag. And then you're going to start to hear about possible free agents they're looking at. So as far as Jacobs is concerned, he should be a building block. And I think I brought this up the last show, him being nominated captain by guys in the locker room Says a lot. Was, a big, was a big deal. Right. And, 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 and if you don't have somebody like a Tom Brady who clearly comes in as the leader of the locker room, then you need that. And you have Devontae Adams to a certain degree as one of those guys, but you also need another guy to me. And that's why I think he's so important to the team. Whereas if the quarterback had balled out and they weren't in this position on quarterback um, and had a better year in that situation and the offense and the passing game and all that, then maybe he's not as critical. Now, again, you rush for 1,500 yards and win the, the rushing title. It's going to put you always in the conversation, right? But uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out. All right, we're going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, Mo and I are going to get into some more here around the 2022 season, including Dave Ziegler. That's who we're going to talk about next. How did he do? A lot of you want to fire him, too, after not having a first or second round pick last year because of the Devontae Adams deal. You want him gone, too. Is that the right thing? Did he do things well? 
or did he just completely flunk the test? We'll talk about that next here on Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey Original Podcast. We'll be right back. 